Guys, I love you. Love you too, buddy. I love you Thanks. too. I was long, looking, long, looking for a little wow. All right. reciprocity. Yeah. This is the blue man. Right, here we go. Well, hello, everybody. My name's Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Devin Welsh and John Biedren. Hi. Hi, hi. hi, hi. Great to see you guys here in the newsroom. It's very cold. It's a cold 62 degrees Fahrenheit in the uh, newsroom. I am unsure what Celsius centigrade that is. Yeah. Cold. It is cold in here. Cold. Do you know why we it keep it cold? Because this is also a server room, and we get it for cheap. Yes, that is the if we if we sit in here because there's correct. a lot of whirring. Uh, yeah, correct answer. Uh, yeah, so we're 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 back at it. We had last week's episode; it was great. We talked a little bit, uh, probably too much, about our uh, cruise that we went on, where we got into some trouble out on the waters. That's fine. Yeah. We're back. Everything's good. We maybe talked about it too much because we may or may not have accidentally perjured ourselves. Yeah, I just we found out will. what that word means. We will and continue to talk about it at length. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> we refuse to learn our lesson. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's been a pretty interesting week news. Uh, excuse me. Pre- yeah. No, that's correct. Pretty interesting week news wise is what I was going to say. But I think we should just get into it. Let's, let's, let's go to go, go. this week in history. history. Nineteen forty four, Joseph P. Kennedy Jr., older brother of future President John F. Kennedy, is killed during World War II. The twenty nine year old Kennedy and his co pilot die when their Navy plane, filled with explosives, blows up over Britain. Oh well that shit. I mean Don't fly you, an explosive yeah. plane over Britain then. Yeah, he's yeah. tempting Wait, fate with that. He's flying yeah. over yeah. Britain, the plane is filled with explosives. He's already like how many feet up in the air? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, pretty dangerous. And wasn't his... So, okay. So, this is... Let's set the scene here. This is Joe Kennedy Jr. Yes. Who is the yes. oldest son of Joe Kennedy Sr. and Rose Kennedy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Who was the younger... Sorry. Older brother of John F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, and Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. And yep. so, this okay. is the guy... That checks out. This is the guy who should have been president, the original, uh, you know, the original yeah. Kennedy the, son. Yeah, he was the star that John Kennedy was hitching his apple wagon. To. Yeah, exactly. He was the uh, rubber ducky that they uh, put the money on. You know, they wanted that. They wanted Joe to be the leader of the free world. But guess what? They th- put him in an explosive plane over the UK yeah. and he died. So I'm yeah. I can imagine him getting into that plane and being like, are you sure this is okay? This seems like a lot of explosives. Some guy's like lighting a cigarette. It's like, yeah, it's, like, fine. it's fine. It was a bad choice because Joe Kennedy Sr., um, this isn't well known, but he made a deal with the devil or some kind of demonic <laughs> entity. And basically the <laughs> yes. deal was, okay, yeah, you can be super rich. You can have tons of power, be really corrupt. But then every time that you have a son, it will, he will yeah. degrade in quality. Um, and, and, and the future destiny of America and even of Western civilization um, will be dependent on one of those sons. Yes. Um, and so he had the best son, Joe Kennedy Jr. And then a degrading series from there uh, in overall quality. And he put his prized possession in this explosive filled contraption and, uh, you know, like joke that is you know what thank you devin that is a very little known fact about that secret deal he made with the devil yeah um irish catholic devil joe is like yeah he's the he's the lost future of america's like uh potential utopia Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then he dies and then we get into this weird like cold war after world war ii 
and then John F. Kennedy's, you know, steering the ship there. And he's like not quite as good as his brother, probably. PT-109. Thank you. And then uh, we lose John. Yeah, again. And then we get an even shittier version of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Not well enough protected. Western civilization. Right. So then we go down again. So now we're down a rung even further. Now we got Rob. Robbie Kennedy. Bobby. Robbie Kennedy, who can't even defend himself. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> hey, hey. Um, he get he can't even put up a fight. He gets killed. Yeah. And then yeah. And he then checks you, out at the hotel permanently. Yep. Then you get Ted Kennedy, who has a big accident and um you know but he makes it out alive um, yeah he, he didn't get killed he didn't get killed but he uh did, he had his hand in in uh the killing cookie jar let's say uh <laughs> so anyway with, it, it all yeah. started with this fateful yeah. explosion um over the skies of of uh, england i guess is how yeah. he died <laughs> yeah and, and, okay and also <laughs> to, to tie it to make it even crazier and to tie it in wasn't Joe Kennedy Sr., the dad, wasn't he the ambassador to the UK for the United States at this exact same time? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was. Let's go ahead and say yes. Yeah, he was. Come on. Let's... Why are you putting your son up in the an explosive airplane when, like, this Joe Kennedy didn't even need to do shit. He could have just sat in an office and traded booze back and forth, like, well, rum running or whatever. Yeah, and he if, probably needed he probably needed to look cool to become president. Oh, after that's the right. War. That's true. But if you, but so if the, as, he's like, what's the coolest thing he could do? And he's like, I'll fly a plane full of bombs. Yeah, that's oh, but, dangerous. That's but cool. if as Joe Senior, you've made this sulfurous pact with uh, that's true. Beelzebub, <laughs> yeah, you know, you would want to take special caution with those uh, yeah. sort of uh, your prize pig special mm-hmm. sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Joe Senior, or sorry, Joe Junior. Uh, wow, you it seems like you're only 29 or something. I forget how old they said he was, but uh, they they the dumb idea for you to go up in that plane. Um, you're probably shot down by some Germans or something. Who knows? Your dad was potentially uh, the ambassador. A lot of like unknowns what here ifs. yeah what ifs we we'd rather not fact check or do any of that yeah. kind of stuff because what celebrities could joe kennedy have had sex with yeah exactly yeah who knows oh my god maybe he would have maybe would have had an affair with zsa zsa gabor mm. yeah that'd been cool something a little more yes yeah more exciting yeah, yeah who agrees. knows what have happened we can only so, imagine which we do. I can, he's certainly more handsome it looks like oh he's got great he's got those kennedy big t- big toothy grin i love yeah. it he's got that big chompers. he's got that irish charm you know he's like hey come over here i'm gonna sit on my lap uh and then yeah i'm not gonna okay anyway the uh <laughs> don't sit on any kennedy's lap is all i'm trying to say uh well i'm i may he rest in uh the ocean may he rest wherever. in pieces yeah yeah, in pieces exactly because he was shot down by Nazis. All right, uh, yeah. let's move along. Thanks. Do you want that? Though that just reminds me, though. Maybe we should at some point in time do a full hour-long, in-depth look at the Kennedy brothers. What about specifically yeah, pouring over the word by word, line by line details of the contract uh, with uh, ah Lucifer. with Beelzebub? Yes, yeah. Devin yeah. has that contract in uh, in a safe somewhere, <laughs> um, which yeah we'll have to unlock. Maybe we can make some uh, video content of us unlocking the safe with the mm-hmm. the contract that the Kennedy signed with Satan herself. Uh, and then we, we can, can also have uh, Joe Kennedy the third on as a guest that episode to explain. Why? Uh, why the devil appears in his bedroom every night? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, look at that. The Kennedys making a beautiful appearance. Hopefully, that will have no ill effect on our podcast with their complete cursed existence. Um, yeah, the brother curse. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, no other stories about brothers will come up. Hopefully, no other stories about ships, waters, brothers, anything like that will come up. <laughs> Let's jump into the news. For my favorite segment, what's in the news? What is in the news? What do we got right, going gang. on? Well, if you've been paying attention to everyday life in this global society that we live in, the Olympiad, the Olympiad just finished. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Olympics are a sporting event, happens every two to four, year, four years, I think, and uh, they just wrapped up in Tokyo, the worst Olympics ever. We reported on the condom shortage. We reported yeah. on some of the uh, economic aspects of that, like uh, condom manufacturers buying <laughs> factories in Indonesia, not being able to mm-hmm. staff them. or Beer futures up yeah, because beer f- they were allowing beer, but no condoms. Yep, exactly. So and then they, they turned around on that. So beer futures went back down after that. Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah. Although I will say a big surprise this week we can report here with the medal count is finishing up and there are a few errors in judgment that have been corrected and we've got an exclusive uh, source within the olympic village that can tell us right now mm-hmm. the number one winner of the olympics the most gold medals albania no way oh wow yeah, yeah. is that because the it starts with an a and they're number one um, <laughs> uh, john i think you're ooh. looking at an alphabetical mm. list there brother uh, that's mm. okay we'll, the olympics we'll look into were, that. Yeah, well, we will look into the medal counts. Uh, so I, I just got this report across my desk. It's a poll. Uh, I'm not talking about Poland. I, just just stick with me on this one. Uh, 40% of Americans think they could compete in the Olympics, mm-hmm. which is a number okay. way too high. Now, can we do some quick math here? Please. How many people is that? Oh, John. Um, yeah. How many people are in the United States? 300 million? 380, 400. Yeah, okay. 400. I counted yeah. the other day, but I've, I lost. Did you, oh, do you, did you lose the piece of paper that you were using? Hold on. I'm doing it. 380 million divided by what? 40%? No, times point. Times point four. <laughs> well, I already did divide. <laughs> this is riveting radio. <laughs> Zero. I'll fill in okay. while you're doing the calculations and uh, give you Thanks. a little rundown of this article. That's 152 million people. 152 million. There we have it. So uh, one poll. Uh, be the poll, biggest Olympics ever. One yeah. poll polling firm surveyed 1,000 U.S. residents to see if they believed they had what it takes to compete in the Olympics. Two in five people thought they could keep up. So they talked that to 1,000 people, two in five. Insane. Um, According to the survey, 40% think they're fit enough to compete in at least one summer or winter Olympic sport. Of those, 60% were men and 70% were under the age of 35. So Now, keep yeah. up, does that just mean like they fire, they shoot the starting gun and then you run? And that's that's the requirement? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm unsure. I'm starting to feel like maybe these people are somewhat right. Like most of them were, you know, they're younger. They're probably somewhat fit. Um, yeah. They it's not like they're going to win. They probably don't think that they would take the gold. They were the probably common... at like the CrossFit games or something, you know, and they just asked a thousand people and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, where were they? Were they at like a track, like a racetrack? Yeah. They but... just kept calling random numbers, but they kept accidentally getting uh, Planet Fitness franchises around <laughs> yeah, the country. Exactly. And then someone was just around to answer the phone. Yeah. And they were feeling really like encouraged and confident because they'd just gone to the gym for the first time. Right. It says the most common sports respondents said they could compete in were basketball, soccer, and swimming. Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, first off, basketball, soccer, team sports. Yeah. So yeah. you could absolutely get carried yeah. by the top Somebody athletes good. in the U.S. Yeah. Obviously has the best basketball teams in the world. Um, related statistics, um, the U.S. or unrelated, whatever, the U.S. obesity prevalence was 42.4% in 2017, 2018. So hmm. we've got a lot of so obese it almost folks. matches up. Yeah, it almost hmm. matches yeah. up. Yeah. So if you were to call a thousand people, two out of five would be like, yes, I am obese. Exactly. Yeah, I guess. And, then, yeah. <laughs> and also I could do really well. In swimming, in, in soccer, in or soccer. basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, an obese uh, power forward on the U.S. Olympic team. <laughs> um, and well, they should have had bobsled as the, one of the sports that people could do well in. Uh, because that's one where you need one really oh, heavy. Oh, yeah, bag. that's true. Actually, true. yeah, that would be very logical. Um, another Maybe idea would was... be to do like an obese games in America. Yes, Ooh, I love that idea. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I think yeah. we can pitch that to uh, TNT Fox. or TBS. Yeah, the Superstation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I it, well, I only say that because uh, uh, the guy who owns TBS uh, tried to do, I believe it was the the Goodwill Games. So there there have been alternate Olympic events that have occurred, like in the in past in the past, mm-hmm. and it seems as though the Olympics are kind of. Uh, as an organization, everybody kind of knows of their deep corruption and how 
bad cities become uh, mm-hmm. after the Olympics in a way, like the just incredible amount of All of, of the corruption. problems that they have to, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so uh, just looking forward, I believe it's like the 2030 Olympics or 2032 or something like that. Uh, it's going to be Brisbane, Australia, but mm-hmm. they re- they won that contest of who wants to hold the Olympics uh, without having any competitors. So no yeah. contest, yeah. I'm putting uh, the whole Blue Man Group budget on the Olympics not existing after 2032. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2036, no Olympics. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably likely. Uh, but cool. we can also make this a double wager. And that the obesity Olympics will become uh, extremely popular. Yeah, they're going to be huge. I think, yeah, that's also likely. And we will be the direct beneficiaries of that having uh, founded it. And we'll we'll also be gaining weight and we'll be competing. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Um, So, yeah, the uh, obesity is an issue in the United States. That's why we should make it Olympic style obesity. And uh, the estimated annual medical cost of obesity in the United States is $147 billion in 2008. And I can only imagine that number has gone up a lot in the past well, how much 12, 12 13 years. Billion? Okay, so, so the, the, but the Olympics only cost apparently $15.4 billion. I know, yeah. It's the if, official price tag. If we could harness that energy, put that money yeah. into, into the Olympics, we could do a super mega Olympics. Yeah. Why don't we just have the super mega Olympics where we have 152 million people? Yeah. 40% of the population of all the obese nations compete. Yeah. Okay. Anyone but that wants the Olympics, to compete can compete. Yeah. But especially <laughs> if you're obese. And then you have to uh, uh, you have to compete. And also the Olympics last like 30 times as long as they normally do. No, right. they're just and always then we spend all that. They never and, end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it never ends. And we spend $147 billion on it instead of 15 and then by the end of it, we that might solve the problem right there. That's so true. And then also the, the, that will increase beer sales and also help the struggling Japanese condom makers who yeah. have bought factories and now can get, they can What's return a, to making their... Produce their extra special... Extremely special... Ultra thin. Ultra thin condoms. Yeah. 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 With a baggy fit. Baggy I think fit, a per- exactly. Permanent Olympics is... Our only, um, the only yeah. way out of our coming crisis, I think. There we go. Yeah, Permanently. I mean, no one cares about the Olympics anymore, really. It's always boring because there's only this, only the most like attractive, uh, uh, athletic people compete. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, oh, who's going to win? Is it like, you know, this Russian person who's been training their entire lives? Or is it going to be this like person from the U.S. who's also been training their entire lives? Yeah, exactly. I want yeah. People- now, if you change it, because it's only once a year, you change it to, just me mm-hmm. and Devin. Yeah, and schlubs. Schlubs. And we're doing, and it never ends. Exactly. We're like looking at the camera constantly, like caged animals. Like, when do we get out of here? When does the Olympics end? And it never and then, does. Never. And it never does. And the, yeah, and way more interesting, way more fun for people to watch. <laughs> yeah. And instead of those kind of like, uh, you know, NBC Olympics, they just show like, it's like this person uh, got their foot caught in a drain when they were seven years old. And now they're in Olympic. And it's all just like, amazing uh you know stories of conquering right. uh, yeah. things and stuff Special like that interest yeah this this olympiad essentially when you enter the olympics uh they have video footage of you saying like well yeah i could probably do that sport and then like as you're sitting down on the couch exactly and, and watching then the olympics they play that and then you go do the sport and they're like see <laughs> well like, they said it so and then it cuts to you with a, a javelin in your hand mm-hmm and then there's like a yeah, there's like a small man in a striped shirt, and he shoots a gun off in your ear. Ow! Yeah. Okay. And then well, there's another man with another javelin standing across from you, and well, <laughs> well, yeah, well, there goes the obese Olympics. Okay. Well, yeah. that's something that we're looking forward to. We have our uh, marketing dollars put towards that. I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot it's communication with NBC to be the exclusive broadcaster. Yep, we're having meetings tomorrow with NBC and their uh, whole 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 portfolio of companies to uh, try to get this jam down your throat. Um, <laughs> That's what yeah, we do. But okay, so 40% of Americans think they can compete in the Olympics. That's crazy. And we're in the uh, midst of an incredible obesity epidemic in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
John, looks like you've got an article for us about uh, some food. Yeah, speaking of eating, um, you know, what's the worst thing about going out to eat? Uh, Okay, so I would say the worst thing about going out to eat is uh, the people. (laughs) The people, and specifically the person who is working for you. Yeah. Because they have an attitude. (laughs) Yes. And they demand extra compensation, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as a tip, which is technically illegal according to the Constitution. Oh, Wow. And so some of our nation's (laughs) brainiest, smartest individuals are trying to figure out how to reverse engineer this problem out of our lives. It's been a big, big pain in the pain in the neck for a lot of Americans. And now robot waiters are joining the staff staffs of Silicon Valley restaurants. Oh, great. Right. So, yeah. um, Yeah. I thought this was going to be a food story. Take our mind off of the, you know, all of the bad stuff going on. Um, and it is, um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, By the it's way. really reassuring to, to hear about this, uh, yeah. robot waiters joining the staff of Silicon Valley restaurants. I didn't know Mark Zuckerberg's kids are, were old enough to work. Hey, thank you. <laughs> nice. Can we get, can we cut in, um, Ed McMahon doing that yes, instead of me, please. Uh, inside the new Ameswell Hotel in Mountain View, California, the California Mediterranean restaurant, Roger opened with a pair, I don't know who Roger is, <laughs> with a pair of 75-pound autonomous robots called Servi on the payroll and one more <laughs> on, on the, the way. On the payroll. You don't what are they, are they getting paid? Bucks. They're not you getting don't pay paid. these things. <laughs> That's the whole point. The restaurant, located a few miles from Google's headquarters, as well as the NASA Ames Research Center, has used the 41-inch tall robots since it opened a few weeks ago. But to this point, doesn't have them interacting with diners. Forty-one inch is is the um, average worldwide, worldwide average. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. These these are meant to be serving robots, but I didn't like that as a personal touch for serving. Jackie Lee, the hotel's director of food and beverage, tells Rob Report, mm. which is not a name, and the name of the website <laughs> that the story comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, we don't want them to replace any actual staff. My goal was to make sure these are more an amenity for the staff to help with mundane things, and the waiters can focus more on guests. Like, right. da- like what? <laughs> yeah, Do we like all believe what? this. I believe it. That was not sarcastic. I, I totally agree. I think it's um, it's it's important. You know, it's it's not about removing the the waiting staff. It's about just making their jobs a little easier. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well. Here, here's this. There's a little uh, uh, in theory and a little in practice. Mm-hmm. So there's another story this week, um, a little closer to home here in the Detroit metro region. There's a new server at Noodletopia in Madison Heights. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fairly short server with protruding ears brings orders to the table and returns to the kitchen just like the others. But Bella, who has the face of a cat, is a robot. Uh, now, the thing that makes this story different besides the cat face <laughs> is that Bella is one of two servers oh. at this restaurant. One is a human and the, and the <laughs> other one is a robot. We need to talk to the, the human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel right yeah. now? Um, um, it reminds so for me for the time being. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Or it just reminds me of like like at the turn of the the last century, or the not the not the last century, but the one before that. <laughs> there were kind of like <laughs> man versus machine competitions with like oh, yeah. you know, right. farming equipment or stuff. And yeah, it's like trains John and Henry. horses and stuff. Yeah, and it's like okay, we know who won that. Um, and I feel <laughs> like you know we're seeing it again, and this time we don't know who will win. Because, you know, every time is different. Uh, it's kind of like a coin flip. So we'll see who comes out on top between the, the humans and the machines this time. Well, the machines certainly have an edge. Uh, apparently, they're, they're not being forced to interact with uh, yeah, with customers. That's good. I, I like um, the idea of, uh, you know, this machine probably costs, like, who knows, $18,000 or something like that. And it's kind of uh, scurrying around your little restaurant. And then mm-hmm. all it takes is... Just one spilled water on that thing, and it's going haywire. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I imagine this is just a Roomba with a uh, like a little table on top of it. Yeah, and they just load it up with food. Um, for the time being, Servi, which as created by Silicon Valley company Bear Robotics, primarily serves as a busser at uh, Rogers Restaurant. The two robots have stations in the restaurant where they're parked. And when a server arrives with dishes from a table, they can give them to Servi, press a button, and it'll head back to the kitchen where it delivers its payload to the dish. Payload. Yeah. Using, it's like a military space shuttle, <laughs> space shuttle terminology. Yeah. yeah. 
After the dishwasher unloads all the dirty silverware and dishes, he or she presses a button and sends it right back. Then we just rinse, lather, repeat, Lee says of the robots they've leased. The staff has been comfortable with them because they've been helping them out. They don't have to constantly run dishes to the back. Hmm. So there seems to be a bit of fraternity here in the, in the back of house here in these restaurants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lee says the hotel does have bigger aspirations for the surveys. Uh, maybe world conquest. Yeah, they're gonna give it the ownership over to the survey. <laughs> so you're such a good uh, employee. After <laughs> some time, the Ameswell would like to deploy the robots for banquet events. They'll be able to circulate hors d'oeuvres and drinks that revelers can grab as the robots pass by. Aww. Hey, right. get back here! <laughs> get back here with those hors d'oeuvres. Using <laughs> uh, right by, the, just ignores you. Employee of the month. Employee yeah, they, of the yeah. month will be survey every month from here. Yeah. Every month, <laughs> exactly. And they also they, they plug in those obesity statistics that we uh, talked about earlier. Like they're they're mm-hmm. like programming it, and you're at the the hors d'oeuvre event, and it just like keeps driving past you. It's like, excuse yeah. me, uh, you have already to, had two thousand calories. I'm trying to yeah, bulk please, up here, survey. Please step on survey's uh, like lower tray to d- calculate your BMI, <laughs> yeah. and then that will determine how many hors d'oeuvres you're allowed. Yeah, <laughs> survey's gonna look into how my many fried eyes. clams you can have. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's gonna pull up my 23andMe by just looking up into my eyes or something. Into your like retina, that. yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. The surveys are not the only robots coming to the world of food. A few years ago, Daniel Bouloud backed a Boston restaurant deploying robots as chefs with labor tight. Wink, wink. Fast food joints are looking to recapture their old glory by turning to Flippy, the French fry robot. And here in Santa Monica, California, (laughs) residents have seen little delivery robots trundling down sidewalks, ferrying takeout orders from multiple restaurants in town to homes within a one-mile radius of the dining establishments. So uh, those Uber jobs, uh, Uber Eats jobs. Yeah. it's all robots now. Yeah, that the was person a making your food is now a robot. The um, server is a robot, and then the, if you're getting takeout, it's now also a robot with labor tight. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they're they're like completely like creating the tightness right now. Yeah, it's like, there's yeah. no room for me. I wonder. I don't know why people don't me. want these jobs. Excuse me. It's, you know, they I'm, they really are. T- <laughs> I'm trying to get to work. <laughs> So uh, Flippy's stepping into, you know, it's like the the classic American uh, job. It's like, you know, hey, it's it's seven twenty five minimum wage, but it's a job for students, you know, like they learn they learn about the workplace and blah blah blah. Well, Flippy's going to be doing that now. Mm-hmm. What and better way a- to learn about exploitation than uh, watching yeah. a service robot? Uh, take your well, job. It's pretty, it's pretty chilling that this whole debate between like you know people who own small businesses and the workers who are demanding more money who aren't tired of earning three dollar an hour wages or whatever. This whole issue is going to get skirted by with these new robot employees. Yeah, you don't have to pay. You don't have to give them you don't have pensions. You don't have to give them really. You don't even have to give them breaks. You don't have to mm-hmm. uh, do much. And no, the best thing is, charge them. the best part of this whole thing is that you know the the savings will be passed down to the customer. Right, uh, food will be free. I'm getting uh, word um, that that is incorrect, Devin. Um, it will just go to the business owner. Well, so we wonder. We got to wonder, like, when it's going to happen. Um, and this article goes on to acknowledge that it's not a perfect system just yet. No, no. Uh, Lee acknowledges they're still working out some kinks. If you manly, manually move the robot out of the area it has already mapped, it can confuse it, and survey will start going where it thinks it should go, Hell yes. even if it's far afield. On one occasion, a survey was on its way back to its charging station, and unfortunately. It made a left turn in front of the host stand instead of behind. When it missed its mark, it didn't know how to stop and just started rolling out the front door, leaving the restaurant. Amazing. Uh, Lee says, I was like, where are you going? With uh, Lee remembers with a chuckle. I thought, huh, well, I guess the robot needs a break, too. Oh, my God. So then they immediately took it back to the research labs to deprogram the break yeah. uh, protocol. Yeah. Oh, what? It's software. Yeah. So one of the things that always gets me about this kind of stuff, and and especially, so it's just any technology marketing. The technology marketing is always like ten steps ahead of where the technology is actually at, and I've I've found this to be the case for many uh, emerging technologies. It's so funny that they'll they'll use words like again like payload, which is a legitimate like NASA term, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this little robot, if it just gets nudged half an inch, it will be completely confused and not know how to work. 
And yet these are going to be somehow like a saving grace to uh, our economy or something like that. It just well, you, feels you like... worry that some people are going to get really resentful of these things and probably sabotage restaurants that have them. Oh, you yeah, worry I, that I, by like completely dehumanizing an entire culture, uh, there would be some kind of uh, blowback. I know, um, right? But, but I eh, will say not. that this is not the case here in the Metro Detroit region, where Noodletopia's uh, robot Bella, mm. created by uh, developed by Shenzhen China-based Pudu Robotics. Mm. Um, it's a cat. It's a cat face. Aww. It looks like a cat and it can act very much like one as well. Customers can remove the food from the tray and mm. then pat or stroke the cat behind the ears to get it to purr. Mm. If the robot has been pet for too long, it gets fussy and gives an exasperated expression just like a real cat. Mm. So you won't, you won't be able to help yourself. You'll be overwhelmed with the adorability of this robotic cat. You won't want to hurt it. Yeah. In fact, you'll go in full of rage and resentment that your common man has been left in the gutter. Right. And then you'll act, you'll take your food off your tray, and then the cat will smile at you, and then you scratch it behind the ears, and then it lets oh, out purr. a low, a low metallic trill that's supposed to resemble a purr. And you know what? You'll feel okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very true, and uh, I can only say to our listeners that if you're ever in a uh, restaurant or anything where these types of robots are uh, doing their thing. Just you know, just just move, just move them a little, just slightly an move inch it a to little. the left. Yeah, just and knock it a little bit. Just knock mm-hmm. it around a just little give bit. Give it a little shove, not even a hard one. Just knock you know, it around. You don't even have to be violent. Just kind of place it off course. Just yeah, just send it over there. Just <laughs> needs to a little nudge. Okay, so yeah. that seems. That's that's a weird weird little thing. It seems like the future is like the uh, future here. of food delivery is set in stone. Yeah, right? um, there's only one way things can keep going. I only remember, a, you know, the uh, Taco Bell talking uh, trash can that would open up and eat your garbage and say thank you, and then you could also throw the plastic tray in, and it would make lots of <laughs> noise like I did once, <laughs> and uh, they kick you out of that Taco Bell. So. Um, Hopefully, if you're nudging these robots, they won't kick you out because you could just say, like, it was in my way or something. But please document all uh, robot nudging that you're going to be doing. Maybe I'll have to go mm-hmm. up to Noodletopia and meet this cat. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I, all, all I can yeah. say is uh, just just confuse these robots if you can. It would be funny. Yeah. It's funny for Absolutely. me. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks – and enjoy your meal. And don't forget to enjoy your meal. <laughs> um, and so – and bon appetit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, John, for that report on yeah. Survey, the uh, absolutely the mad robot. Um, I love uh, stories like this where you can really just see, you know, there's only one one choice in the future. Your food will be delivered to you by robots. That's the only way things can go forward. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Or is and it? And I have an interesting story here. Um, oh, really? Yeah. The you know, it's connected to the idea that you know, like people want to sell you meat. Um, and if you try to stop them in one way, you put in the robot uh, servers, uh, they're going to seek out less uh, conventional means. Mm-hmm. Um, and the headline here is man operating unregistered meat van sought by police. Um, oh boy. The, the article opens, try to avoid buying mystery meat. Okay. okay. I've never done that before, but. I've never purchased mystery meat, but okay. I've, I've also never avoided it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never bought it on accident. I've never bought it on purpose. A town in Massachusetts is looking for a man who is allegedly going door to door and trying to sell meat from his van. While authorities have said there's currently no evidence of anything nefarious going on, they're oh. still asking residents to report any sightings of this mystery meat man. The Westfield Detective Bureau posted photos of the meat man on its Facebook page. In the images, the unidentified individual can be seen approaching a house's door at around 2.30 in the afternoon. His van, which is supposedly full of meat, is parked (laughs) nearby on the street. Aside from an American flag printed on the side, it doesn't have any other visible markings. Yeah, and also these, these photos, he is nothing but smiles in these photos. This is like valet concierge service right to your door. Yeah, seems really he happy. He probably used to be. He probably was the former employee of the month at a restaurant owned by uh, uh, Rogers Hotel, Amesville Hotel, yep. or whatever. And he's been. He he's like, what he, do I do? I've been a, a robot he got bumped out by Servi. Yeah, yeah. He's he said, taking it to himself. 
It says, according to WWLP, a resident said that the man made him the following offer. Said, hey man, how are you doing? Quick question, sorry to bother you. I just finished up my deliveries for the day in Westfield. I got some extra orders. Want any steak half price? I got like fillets, strips, like four or five dollars a cut. No way. That's good. <laughs> so there's this like this really nice guy going door to door with an American flag, proud of his country. Yeah, and he's, he's a trying, and he's giving people a great deal on really good meat and in, in a really hard time for this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of summer, in a van, and the police, the yeah. police are after him now. This is another, yeah. you know, what? What's you, next? You get punished for being a good person these days. Yep. Um, Steak half price is three words together that are tantalizing but concerning. On Facebook, the Westfield Detective Bureau wrote, the department has been made aware that an individual in a white van with a USA flag on the side has been in various neighborhoods, knocking on random people's doors, trying to sell discounted meat. He is not registered with the city or this department to do so. The post continues, by all accounts, it appears as though he is literally selling discounted meat, and there does not appear to be anything nefarious going on at this time. He is not registered with the city or this department to do so. So the implication is that you can register to drive sell door meat, to door, door in an door, unmarked yeah, yeah. van and sell meat yeah. <laughs> can we can we so uh can we take something a quick, the law allows can we take a quick listen to see how the local news uh wwlp is reporting this on tv yeah let's take a look all right sure, let's take okay. a take a let's quick see, listen take, to take a listen a local hero here we are our police in Westfield said it's illegal to sell meat in neighborhoods without a permit so if you see this man they'd like to hear from you now on your screen here are the photos sent to us by police and some viewers of the man in his a, a photo of a van. <laughs> white van in the neighborhood. Westfield Police Captain Jerome Petoniak told 22 News residents have reported seeing him sell in the Union Street area of the city. He said they're trying to identify him because he needs a special permit to go door to door. He has his phone number here. We could potentially him. give him a call. So it's all frozen of- meat packages. It's all about just- out today. Yeah. It's all about just uh, getting the permit. That's like really the only That's thing. That's the big. Here. He just needs to yeah. fill out a piece of paperwork so that he can go door to door in an unmarked van selling discounted meat. And th- they're trying to step on his his like get up and go. Yeah, exactly. His like American can do. Yeah, that's what I'm. T- imagine like this guy's face is now blasted all over local TV, and like he's in trouble for like for what <laughs> ringing doorbells like i mean no i know that he doesn't have the uh the permit or whatever but uh i can just imagine like his family or be like uh your your face is all over the news he's like yeah i'm just trying to like side hustle you, you like you guys want me yeah. out of the house or whatever like i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to do something like- and like all of a sudden the local tv is showing my face like i'm a criminal you are. You are a criminal. I just, I just like that the, they're saying that there's nothing nefarious. They don't suspect anything nefarious. But clearly, okay, and I maybe maybe I'm like making a leap here, but like this man is driving to people's houses with the American flag on the side of his van being like, hey, I'm from the government meat distributor. Mm-hmm. This is USA meat I have in the van. Right. And uh, I'm trying to sell it to you at a deep discount mm-hmm. today just casually. Hey, uh, hey buddy, yeah. you got an extra second? I have some fillets I need to unload real quick. Mm-hmm. Cash And only. then you eat. You feed them to your family, and then everyone gets Giardia or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah. there's no way, or that they're being like kept at safe temperatures. Or dare I say it, um, it's actually human meat that he's. Oh, dead, yeah, dead. I know. Okay, that was the other yeah. <laughs> thing that I thought of with the story was that meat is an extremely vague word. Yeah, there's so many different yeah. types of meats. And then a van full of meat sounds to me the way that like John Wayne Gacy probably. Yeah. Would. Yeah. thinks about what he was doing yeah he's selling yeah he's selling human meat oh maybe even his own family Gacy, yeah we don't know yes. we can't confirm but it's possible <laughs> that he's selling his and own all of this family as meat oh <laughs> <laughs> who no longer yeah they his exactly. face is being posted on all the local news like this man could potentially be selling his own family as steaks <laughs> but all of this could have been avoided if, if you just had, had just a filled out the proper paperwork <laughs> we don't know you like know? everything could be fine but we just don't have him on which file, he could be so. doing this if he had registered with us yeah he can do this legally he's allowed to sell his family this is it is his family he has ownership over it he can sell them as steaks. yeah exactly it's just yeah. you need to register 
you please you have to tick the right boxes listen he's got a really nice website here uh it's yonkers new york um it says that it's copywritten 2023 the year hasn't even happened yet so he's in the future <laughs> which is very so cool. this guy is from the future he's selling yeah. us discounted steaks because they're steaks from the future exactly which implies that in the future, steak is so uh, uh, like abundant because it's being used by genetically cloned humans, uh, cows. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah he's like he's the, gone the, back the in killing time. Killing fields are full of. Yeah, but it's all yeah. it's all yeah genetically created meat, um, and so he can make a killing by going back in time and selling that meat to us. The, uh, it's the, either cloned cows or it's they are culling humans because there's overpopulation is so badly yeah uh, uh, aff affecting the future so it's either human or, or genetic cow either way this man is from the future yeah he says our founders believe in and built a company on human touch principle united states beef purveyors is an owner operated company that the founders still oversee and run the day-to-day -day business because they come to your house with yeah, no our permit. founders our founders will believe in because they're from the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um should we call our founders him? to be will believe in. Should we call him? Um yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Thanks for calling United States Beef Purveyors, the premier distributor for natural choices, Omaha beef and black Angus choice. All of our representatives are busy. All one Please leave a message and someone will get back to you shortly. So much for the human touch aspect. I can't even speak to a human. I have to leave a There's message. There's not even a human voice on the, yeah, the answering machine. Yeah. This guy's All too right. busy like going door to door to even answer his phone. Like he, He's just that committed to I, yeah. being he's, in person. Yeah. There's an, I love that it's United States Beef Purveyor is the name of the company. Yeah. And uh, they accept MasterCard, Visa, American Express, Discover. Um, it is a no-hassle guarantee. Uh, they guarantee all the products for taste, tenderness, and against freezer burn for one year. And they'll gladly replace any unused product with a new product. So, uh, And then sell the, that unused product at a deep discount. Um, so again, this is later. another Blue Man Group thing where the article doesn't seem to know who this guy is. Yeah. But then we figured it out immediately. <laughs> immediately Very find easily. Him. Yeah. So we know who this guy is. We know how he can be reached. And, we have his uh, phone number. We have his PO yeah. box. And then yeah. in the in the bottom bottom left, it says this is a home solicitation sale. And if you do not want the goods or services, you may cancel the agreement by providing a written notice to the seller in person by telegram, by mail, or by fax, and returning the entire product in the same condition it was received. <laughs> Uh, you would only write that if there was some issues, I think. Um, yeah. This yeah. notice must indicate that you do not want the goods or services and must be delivered or postmarked before midnight of the third business day after you receive the goods or services. If you cancel this agreement, the seller may not keep all or part of any cash down payment if the product is returned unused and is in the same condition as received. So Ooh. we began with the with the headline "Man Operating Unregistered Meat Van Sought by Police," and yeah. we've ended with a tour of his business, his principles, his his uh, extremely bureaucratic return policy. Yeah, yeah, and his voicemail, which maybe the police could have just left a message or something. Uh, I'm sure they yeah, did. I'm sure they did. So uh, yeah, that's that's uh, again. Why does this always happen? That. Uh, local news reports on something and then we just google two things and find out everything about You're just it. too goddamn good at this job i know that's so true john i love that thank you very much for saying that if you're interested Devin, thank in, you so much for the story by the way yeah dev oh thank yeah. you it was my pleasure i was enjoying it the whole time yeah, I was going to say, if you feel like telling us that you enjoy us, please send us a letter to Blue Man Group, P.O. Box 21249, Detroit, Michigan, 48221. And please right, see our return policy. Yeah, and please uh, <laughs> see our return policy. Um, nice. Good joke. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, John. Uh, all right, everybody. That was this week. Sorry. That was what's in the news. <laughs> Oh boy, let's uh, let's head on down to one of our last segments here. It's the fratricidal lover of the week.
So I got a headline Absolutely. right here. Yeah. Uh, this is from the New York Post, who we always rely Love. on for excellent coverage. We're dating. The Blumen Group as a news um, uh, official channel and the New York Post are dating. We're dating, yes. Yeah. Uh, we We're got a headline a here. romantic relationship. <laughs> Woman marries man convicted of killing her brother. So we've got a newly married what couple, Crystal Strauss so if and if John you've read Tiedren. the Bible, If you've read the Bible or read Shakespeare, this will not come as a surprise to you whatsoever. <laughs> um, but if you haven't, this might be so shocking you should sit you, down. You may want to sit down, yeah. Um, they both said, I do, after he said, I didn't do it. Which is really good. Uh, an Ohio woman married a man convicting a, excuse me, convicted of killing her half brother in the 1980s, with a couple exchanging vows while he's on house arrest, awaiting a retrial. Report said. So Crystal Strauss and John Tejan, not to be confused with John Bedren, their host of Blue Man Group. Uh, Hi everyone. Began their strange courtship when she wrote him a letter saying she forgave him for killing. Brian McGarry in 1987. Hmm. Uh, and I wrote her a letter back and I said, I didn't do it. Take a look at this stuff. <laughs> Tijin 57 told News 5 Cleveland. I believe like it. scrawled like half insane defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got like a pack of baseball cards or something. It's like, uh, this doesn't prove anything, man. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's a picture of Joe Kennedy from the war. <laughs> He says, I believe in God, too, and I know things about it, but I didn't do it. Hmm. All right. Take his word for it. Yeah. Okay. So, so if he, yeah, if he actually says, didn't do it, this is much more uh, reasonable. But if he did do it, <laughs> I know he's lying. <laughs> so he got out of prison on July 22nd after he was granted a new trial based on a slew of images and missing police reports, Boston 25 reported. Uh, it's no given that he'll be found not guilty the second time. It's no given? What does that mean? That it's not certain that he will be found not guilty. Okay, that's what I thought, but it's such a weird... It's not a given. Yeah, exactly. It's no given. That's weird. I like to um, circle back once, Please. J- just for a second Please here. Um, so she began their strange courtship when she wrote him a letter saying that she forgave him for killing her brother in 1987. So the mm-hmm. same year that her brother was murdered. She believed that this man did it and then immediately wrote a letter to him going, I forgive you. Right. And then he defended herself. Maybe she believes, maybe she doesn't, but then she marries him. I know. She must hate her brother or hated. Half brother. (laughs) She half Half brother. Yeah. 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 Also. Not the better half, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) But she said, or, okay, so, uh, he wrote, or no, sorry. She wrote the letter saying, she believes him, right? That's what you just said. Yeah. And then he... No, she wrote a letter saying, I forgive you. Right. And then he was like, I didn't do it. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess you didn't. But yeah, she went into the the courtship being like, you're great still, by the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, like, it's no biggie year. what you did. Yeah, right. Like, it's exactly. Totally That's fine. what I was yeah, like wrapping I totally my head around. You. We're all rooting yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Referring to your better half. Your spouse is your better half. And it's the murder of your half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get through this, Strauss said, according to News 5. It's going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office thinks it still has a solid case, telling News 5 that it has evidence that Tejan asked a friend to dispose of the gun that killed McGarry. Tejan's attorneys have argued that evidence points to McGarry having committed suicide. McGarry, who is Tejan's roommate, was found dead in their apartment with a stab wound and a fatal gunshot wound to the head. I don't think... Classic. Suicide move, yeah. Classic suicide. Um, after intense t- interrogation in, what, 1987? They were like... Yeah. Are Did you, you do it or not? Are you good at Pac-Man? Uh, <laughs> after the intense interrogation, Tejan signed a statement that said he shot his roomie in self-defense, <laughs> Boston 25 stated. Nice, roomie. Um, Tejan popped the question to Strauss on the phone on New Year's 2020 when they weren't sure he'd ever get out of prison. It's definitely not a fairy tale, fairy tale, Kendall Coral said of the romance. But nobody knows who Kendall Coral is. <laughs> yeah, who's this? Um, not mentioned in the story it's at so all. so genuine. 
It's definitely not a fairy tale Kendall Coral said of the romance, according to the Post, but it's so genuine. So some random person... Uh, Who is this person? <laughs> um, so it is a genuine relationship, according to Kendall Coral. Um, New Year's it would have been better Eve. if it was just... It's definitely not a fairy tale Kendall Coral said of the romance. Yeah, exactly. End, yeah, end, of, end of article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's true. Um, but yeah, New Year's Eve 2020, popping the question over the phone from prison. It's like just a bleak situation. Well, they were probably, yeah. I mean, Crystal was probably like partying, had a couple of like too many champagnes. Mm-hmm. Was feeling a little lonely and then just, you know, decided to go for it. And then, you know, New Year's Eve, you have, you're like hungover. You have all these regrets. Yeah, and then Tijin calls you, and then he's like, hey, do you want to get married? And you're just like, yeah, I guess I should. Yeah, I guess we should work that out. He's like, great news, by the way. I think I've got another chance at breaking the case. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. (laughs) I didn't think you ever would get out. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be on house arrest this year. Like, we can spend time together. And it's like, (laughs) oh, great. (laughs) You didn't do it. I believe you. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, already moving on to, like, another, like, death row inmate who you're, like, new, newly in love with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this <laughs> guy... New Year's resolution. You killed my half-brother, but this guy killed my dad, so, I mean... This guy like, killed my real brother and my dad. Yeah. 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 It's like your New Year's resolution is, like, I have to stop falling in love with serial killers. or With like, people that have killed family row. members. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, okay... Right, we're back uh, in the midst of our um, the last riff that me and John were just doing there. Um, it turns out that Ron was so kind of intimidated by the humor of it and just how witty it was, how smooth it was, how natural just, it was. He quit the the episode um, yeah. on the spot, and he took his headphones off, his cans, he threw them down on the studio desk, and he walked past all of the servers that we. Um, get half of our studio rent off to to be in the room with and yeah. he stormed out so we don't so. have the numbers as he has the uh, the key code for that so yeah no numbers we all have week. to turn we all have to turn our key at the same time when we look at the numbers it's sort yeah. of like on a submarine when you want to launch a missile it's like okay everyone who's a commanding officer has to be like in sync and like in agreement and he took his key yeah and he, yeah, he's kind of the captain of this ship, so we're not really sure what to do here. But we're gonna yeah. say say goodbye for now, and uh, we'll be back yeah. next week uh, with uh, another episode of Blue Men Group. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, and remember to uh, constantly badger everyone in your life to listen and subscribe. Yes, thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good night. Bye bye.